0: Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast.
1: Today we are talking with Susan Fowler, author of Master Your Motivation: Three Scientific Truths for Achieving Your Goals. Susan, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast.
2: And thank you so much, Chad. It's good to talk to you again.
1: I love it. This is not the first time that we've talked about motivation. Motivation is where really if you've, cre- you've created your niche, it's where you, you really your life work is. Ask you again, what really drove you to dig into motivation? What makes people tick?
2: Well, I teach what I most need to learn. So almost 40 years ago, I stopped eating meat, cold turkey, and I was the kind of girl that had a a pot of pork fat on her stove because everything (laughs) tasted better when you cooked it with pork fat. I I love meat, and I saw a documentary about the way we treat the animals we eat, and overnight I became a vegetarian and have been one for almost 40 years now. And that intrigued me. I thought, Wow, that was so easy. And people would say to me, You're so disciplined. Oh my gosh, you've got so much willpower. And I would say, no, um, it didn't take any willpower whatsoever. And that intrigued me. And I thought, why is that? There's other things I'm trying to do in my life that don't come as easily. Bad habits I wanted to stop, good habits I wanted to start, goals I wanted to achieve. So that really started a lifelong quest to understand the nature of human motivation. And then about 25 years ago, I found the most compelling Uh, valid, empirical, scientific work and latched onto it and became very involved in the academic and research community. And today uh, they really consider my two books to be um, probably the best distillation of all of that science that's in the market today. So I'm, I'm privileged to be representing Thousands of research scientists who I think truly have um, epic breakthrough on motivation.
1: So what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to give we're going to kind of mechanize some of the ideas, right? We're going to give some people some some ways, some actionable things that they can do. Um, obviously want people to go pick up your book as well, but we want to give them some actionable ideas, but we also want to share some of the research as well. So when you think about like the truth about motivation and, and you break it down into the three scientific truths, what what is really the heart of the matter here in terms of what have you learned?
2: It's really basic. And that is that unless you are creating three psychological needs in your life around a goal or a habit or even just life in general, you will not thrive. You will not generate the type of energy required to do whatever it is you're trying to do or anything you're trying to stop doing. And so those three scientific truths are choice, connection, and competence. In my previous book, uh, Why Motivating People Doesn't Work and What Does, I used the academic terms of autonomy, relatedness, and competence. But that book was translated into 14 languages and and more. They're, they're still coming. They're still coming. And my publisher said, you know, Susan, you really need to make the words more accessible to people. So I uh, got the permission, so to speak, of the academic community. And we chose um, choice as autonomy. Connection for relatedness and competence. So those are the three scientific truths. And if you can, and that's what I really hope I can get across today, if you can simply create those in your life, you will absolutely experience a motivation breakthrough.
1: So when people think about motivation and this is I I really this has been such a a sea change difference for me in, in my relationship with you and connecting with you and and learning from you, you know, my my viewpoint on 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 motivation, I think about like my old high school football coach who quote unquote, motivated me by screaming and yelling. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and so, you know, you found and I think a lot of people will come into this maybe with some assumed constraints about what they think motivation is. And, and what you share is motivation is not typically what you think.
2: That's exactly right. Um, and, and in fact, you know, if you think about it and, and if you if you start to really learn about motivation, you realize we've been living in the dark ages. But this new scientifically based um, approach to motivation um, is is very different. It gets away from the carrots and the sticks, which, by the way, is still used in a lot of the um, people who are promoting, you know, like tiny habits or other ways of changing your habits that research was based on animals and how we get pigeons or other animals to do what we want them to do. And there was this huge assumption that was made is that, you know, people are motivated by the same things as pigeons. And what we're now discovering is even animals aren't really motivated by carrots and sticks. Um, and so it, it's, it's time that we evolve. And, and that's what I'm excited about. It's, it's making the science practical and applicable for people. That, that's what's exciting.
1: All right, so you broke it down. You simplified it for the simpletons. I'm raising my hand. I'm one of <laughs> no. those. Um, so let's talk about choice. Let's talk about connection and let's talk about competence. How do you create choice in your day to day?
2: You know, sometimes it can be as simple as just recognizing you have a choice. Um, so when you get up, or, or let's say you're laying in bed in the morning, and you're going, Oh, I don't want to go to work. You could actually lay there and say, okay, well, what if I didn't go to work today? What if I chose not to? And then you could just start exploring all the different options you have. And then you start to think, okay, well, what if I chose not to go to work today? And then, you know, what would I lose in terms of my connections? Or, you know, how does, if if I did go to work, what meaning would it bring me? Or how could I make a contribution? And then you start to think about, well, if I made the choice to go to work, I could make a contribution in this way. I could fulfill my values to my family, to myself, to the people I work with. And I can learn something. I, I can grow today. So just that simple process of, of recognizing that you have a choice also then leads to the other two psychological needs for connection and competence. But I would recommend that everyone just simply ask themselves uh, and to, to be able to to start to recognize they have a choice, just ask yourself, what choices have I made today? What choices am I glad I made? What choices do I wish I'd made? And you'll start to recognize that everything we do is a choice. Mm. And, and so it's 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 just a matter of recognizing that
1: let's dig into connection so i was lucky enough to do some of my my deepest value work uh with you with you andrea zagarmi you were you were uh uh professors for me uh, uh, in my graduate school work, and and I discovered through a lot of self-work that connection is one of my core values, and it's something that drives me. Um, It may not be a core value for everybody. um, So how does somebody go about creating those connections that helps fuel motivation?
2: Yeah, yeah. So when people say, for example, I really value my family, they have to really look at that because that might be Lip service, it might be what's called an espoused value. It's what you say you value. Or you might look at um, it as a program value. It's something that your parents instilled in you. But what most of us haven't done is to really develop our values. Because values are choices based on the beliefs we have. So you might actually believe that family is supposed to be important. And you call it a value. But then you work 80 hours a week. Or you choose to go to a meeting instead of to your child's, you know, soccer game. Um, Or let's say that you say, oh, yeah, I value my health. You know, I want to be healthy for my children. And then you don't go to the gym um, because you're working or because you want to watch a basketball game on television. And so those are all choices that you're making. So what we really need to understand is that values can be determined in two ways. You can look at the way you spend your time and that's going to reveal your values or you can look at the way you spend your money. So you might say, Oh, I really have a value around compassion. I really am compassionate for people. And then you look at the way you spend your money and you don't donate to worthy causes either in time or money. So one of the things about connection is that it needs to be based on your values. And if you haven't really explored your values and developed them, if you're operating on espoused or programmed values, then um, that's going to be really hard for you. Um, the other thing is is this idea, and we hear it all the time, that to be truly human means to recognize that we're all connected. And if that's true, then then we need to, um, through our actions, we need to be able to say, everything I do to others, I actually do to myself. What I do to myself, I do to others. And begin to, to just recognize that, um, that truth of that. So connection means being connected. Let's say you have a goal. Connecting that goal or aligning that goal to your values that are developed or um, connecting that goal to a higher sense of purpose—that is a noble purpose that contributes to the greater good—or through just pure enjoyment, something that that brings you peace and joy. There's a big difference between being excited and being joyful. I think excitement is when like like, I'm excited, I just got the corner office, so now I have status. Hmm. Excitement could be, oh, wow, look, at we just beat the crap out of somebody, you know. <laughs> but joy is, wow, I got the corner office, that means I can do more good. I got the corner office, which means I can really influence um, a- and do something uh, that that contributes to the welfare of the whole. So there's a real difference in my mind between excited and joyful. And that's what connection is all about.
1: So, the last one is around creating competence. So, so I'm going to not put you on the spot just to say there are some things I'm really competent at and they are easy to me. Mm-hmm. What about that junk in my day to day job that all of my listeners are nodding right now because they could think about is it? like as much as they, 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 it just, it's, there's some things that competence, it's very hard to get there on certain, t- how, how do you overcome that and how do you create competence in something that is really painful to do?
2: Well, first of all, let's make sure that we understand what we mean by competence. If you have a goal or you, you're trying to do something like expense reports, let's say, because yeah. um, I think you and I years and years ago had a conversation about expense reports and that was not something you were really interested in becoming competent in but one of the things you learned because competence is not just mastering something competence is also learning and growing and so if what you learned through your struggle to do your expense reports is that your time is more valuably spent doing something else but you also acknowledge that expense reports need to get done What you learned about yourself is that you're willing to actually pay someone else to do your expense reports. Yep. That, that for me is competence. Ah. You learned, you learned a truth and took action on it.
1: I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I, I did. I, I don't yeah. do my, I, I have somebody wonderful and what I pay, it, it's, it serves me very well. But that's great. So you can, you, you can for competence is just removing the barrier in some cases and, and making it happen. It, it, yes, it, yeah. and,
2: and learning, learning about yourself um, in the process. So competence means learning and growing, not just mastering. Now, if you, if you have a goal, to, um, ski the double diamond slopes mm-hmm. and you are now on the bunny slope and wow, you learn something today and you feel good about it. And the next day you go out and you learn something and you feel good about it. Yeah. But over 10 years, you're still on the bunny slope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're no longer, and now you're frustrated cause you're not learning anything more, but you're not ex- excelling. Then you really have to question, okay, why am I doing this? Because if it's not just for the enjoyment of it, then you need to rethink your goal.
1: Love that. All right. Well, let's dig into the you know, again the 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 greatest ahas I think of of your research and 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 your books and your your training programs. Um, and it it's something that that really made me take a step back and go like like really dig into it more, you share that motivation is a skill. And what I like about that is that means we can all learn ways that we could impact others. We can create environments that impact ourselves. So when you think about motivation as a skill, which is a learnable thing, you know, what was your biggest aha moments about that? What was your learnings?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That the skill is really based around having motivation conversations. So that if I was, for example, your coach, I could coach you. um, I'm just going to keep using the expense report um, example, but if you have a better one, let me know. (laughs) But um, if I was going to coach you, my role as a coach would be to try to move you forward, Mm. would be to to action plan, problem solve, and move you forward. But if you are suboptimally motivated to actually do expense reports. In other words, it's something that you loathe. Or let's say that you're a manager and um, you have to do um, uh, performance reviews and you hate doing performance reviews. Then as your coach, what I'm trying to do is get you to move forward. But the issue is motivation. So what I need to learn as a manager is the skill of having motivation conversations. How can I help you create choice, connection, and competence when it comes to expense reports or performance reviews or whatever? And as an individual... The skill is having that motivation conversation with myself. And so what that means is I first need to identify what my current motivational outlook is. I need to understand that there's six ways I could be motivated. There's six different types of motivation. And if I understand the nature of my motivation then that is the first action that I need to take in the skill of motivation. Then the second action is to have that motivation conversation so that I can shift my motivation from suboptimal to optimal, from the th- from one of the three suboptimal types of motivation to one of the three optimal types of motivation. And then the third action is to be able to reflect on it. Um, you know, I have an example I can share. It's, it's, yeah, um, yeah. but... First of all, do you have have any questions about those three actions? No, I
1: think share the example because that's when people start thinking about how they can use this in their their day to day. I love hearing the stories. The stories drive really my learning.
2: Well, you know, I I tried to think of something to explain um, how this operates in my daily life because I, as I say, I want to teach what I most need to learn. And, um, one day I got to the airport and I was just, I'm always in a hurry. Cause I, you know, I just am, even if I'm on time or ahead of time, I'm just in a hurry. <laughs> That's just the way I do things. Right. <laughs> so I, I, hate standing in line and it, it feels like a waste of time. So the one thing that I've always disliked immensely is going through security at an airport. Um, I travel, I, I mean, this, I travel constantly. I've, I've traveled more in the last couple of years than in my whole life. And it's, it's like a lot of security. And so I'm there in security. I'm all tense. I'm literally like my hands are in fists and I'm looking at all the lines and I'm thinking, okay, where's the shortest line? Which TSA agent looks like they're moving stuff through the fastest and, and what line doesn't have a lot of men in it and what line doesn't have a big family in it. And, and the reason I say men is because you're so fastidious going through these lines, you You know, women just throw their stuff in a, in a bin, the men fold their jackets, take everything out of their pockets, you know. So I like to get in a short line with a lot of women. Um, And and so I'm looking for this line. And I, I, and I caught myself and and. You know, this is like a mindful moment. And I just caught myself and I said, wow, what am I doing? I teach this stuff. And I asked myself, wow, Susan, what's your motivational outlook right now? And I realized I was totally imposed. Mm. I did not want to go through security, but I had to. And Mm. that's a real indicator that you have the imposed motivational outlook when you feel like you have to do something. Mm. And so um, I I thought, started thinking, well, I I don't have to go through security. I could cancel my trip. I could, you know, and so I went through all my choices and I said, okay, I'm choosing to go through security because I'm choosing to go somewhere that I want to be. Okay, I got that. But is there any connection? And I thought, no, there's absolutely no meaning for me going through security. And then I thought, and um, I do have competence, actually. I have competence, but I just can't figure out the connection. So I thought one of the strategies to shift, one of the motivational conversation strategies is to say, is there any way that this going through security aligns with my values? So I thought, okay, what are my values? And I went through my list of values, and I thought, learning. Learning is probably one of my greatest values. What can I learn going through security? And I realized I could learn patience. I thought, wow, I, I need patience. How, how, could I, how could I go through the line with patience? And I thought, that means getting in a really bad line. So I looked for the worst line, and I found a line that had a family in it. And it wasn't just any family; it was a mother, a father, with two children, a toddler and a newborn. I did not know you could go through security with that much stuff. So I get behind them, and and the father says, "Oh, would you like to go ahead of us? This might take a while." And oh, I wanted to say yes, but I said no, no. And then to myself, I'm saying, "I'm just being patient." And and so they're they're getting all their stuff on, on the on the um in the bins and all that, and it's painful. And so finally, I couldn't help myself, and I said, excuse me. I said, would it help if I held your baby? And they went, oh, would you? That would be so helpful. So I'm holding this baby, and Chad, I have to tell you, I love holding babies. <laughs> I just love it. And so they're getting all their stuff on. They go through the security, and I'm saying, so, excuse me, <laughs> do you want your baby? And they, they had totally forgotten their baby. Um, and they went, oh, 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 yeah, okay. And they grab their baby. They go through, and on the other side, I hold the baby. They pack up, and we go to our gate and i'm i'm reflecting which is that third action and i'm thinking wow i just got to hold a baby i love holding babies i am inherently motivated by holding babies so i thought wow so my imposed motivation had given way to what's called inherent motivation because i love holding babies and then i see the father walking towards me and i looked at him i thought oh dear what's wrong and he said oh, I'm so glad I found you. He said, we are so embarrassed. This is the first time my wife and I have ever traveled with two kids. We had no idea how hard this would be. And you helped us get through security. We don't think we could have gotten through without you. And we didn't even thank you. Hmm. And I said, oh no, I got to hold your baby. He said, <laughs> no, we should have thanked you. And we just want you to know you did a good thing today. And we wanted you to know that. Nah. You know, Chad, I, I get goosebumps telling that story because when I was on the plane, then continuing to reflect, I realized that my life purpose is to be a catalyst for good. And by aligning with my values to go through security, I had actually also then gotten to, um, to experience the integrated motivational outlook where I was living my life purpose. And now, even though I have global entry and I have clear and I have all of the ways to get through security quickly, I am always on the lookout for how I can be a catalyst for good. And it has totally changed the experience, the motivational, but also just the quality of my energy going through security. And thus, it's just one of those little moments in your life that's improved.
1: I love that. It's it's really about shifting your mindset. and 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 as you just shared, a great example of really leaning in, um, to maybe something that you would see as a weakness that may have been stopping you um, and finding opportunities to to have that that uh, that incredible moment. So as as we just have time for just a, a couple more questions, susan, when you when you think about all the people that are listening to the podcast today, you know what's the one thing that you want them to take away from your research and from our conversation today?
2: That they can come out of the dark ages, that you don't have to be manipulated or controlled by animal studies or carrots and sticks that you can literally control the quality of your life by controlling the quality of your motivation by creating choice connection and competence
1: talking with susan fowler author of master your motivation susan if people want to dig a little bit deeper into you your world your research where would you send them
2: you know, if they go to my website, www.susanfowler.com, you're going to find videos and webcasts and um, podcasts like this one and um, all kinds of uh, articles and um, access to the books. But, of course, the books are also available on Amazon.
1: Love it. Susan Fowler, thank you so much for being a part of the Leader Chat podcast today.
2: I'm I'm so privileged. Thank you, Chad.
1: And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard.
0: I so enjoyed, Chad, your interview with Susan Fowler. As you know, I'm a big fan of Susan. We wrote Self-Leadership and the Woman of Manager with founding associate Lori Hawkins. And I want to tell you, Master Your Motivation really takes self-leadership to another level. And what she's really saying is stop thinking that motivation is outside of you. you got to have it done to you. And she teaches these three skills, and they're just fabulous for you to remember uh, them because they they really will make a, a difference because it is a choice. What do you want to be excited about? What do you want to be motivated to? And once you decide, <clears throat> then you're really going to ask your, yourself, uh, you know, for what purpose? What's the connection? Am I doing it for a goal or for a person? Or where am I focusing my energy? And then the last one, competence, is about uh, what do you need to do to get there? Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I just love the whole concept that Susan has is, is that we we got to continue to learn and grow. As I've said many times, uh, if you stop learning, lie down and let them throw the dirt on you because you're already dead. And uh, so uh, – Just listen to this uh, tape. Better still get Master Your Motivation and learn the three scientific truths for achieving your goals. I mean, Susan Susan is something, uh, and she'll make a difference in your life. She's made one in mine. So God bless you, Susan. And Chad, you're not bad either.